Welcome. I'm Steve Scher. Thanks for joining us. We've been away from the Bryant Corner Cafe these last few weeks. So with this episode, we are reconvened around the big table and asked folks to just tell us what they've been reading. I put a list of the books we talked about up at our website, thatstackofbooks.com. Hello. Welcome to That Stack of Books. I'm Nancy Pearl. I'm Steve Scher. Bill Kitchen. Sally Draper. Laura Corby. Mary Lou Peterson. Judy Ostrell. Jennifer Collins-Fredericks. Jessica Anderson. Keith Cook. Katie Sewell. We're at the Brian Corner Cafe, where they now have liquor. So expect that by the end of the, either this podcast or the next one, well, we'll be talking books. Mm. <laughs> we'll be talking books. So we were going to talk about what we've been reading, just as a way to sort of get some ideas and see what people have been reading. Uh, and I would like to share this with you. Please. Emile Zola, The Belly of Paris. Have you ever read that book? I have not. It is one of the more modern reading books about food and the foodie culture completely surprised you. How did you happen to pick it up and read it? I was, I, I picked up Great Expectations and I was reading Great Expectations and then I was, um, uh, it was, I was reading about Great Expectations and it's, you know, book, I was in one of those sites that said, you know, if you, books like this, if you like this book. And for some reason, there was Emile Zola and the Belly of Paris. And so I picked it up and, and read it all the way through. I haven't finished Great Expectations. I read it when I was in Hawaii. It's about, uh, well, there's, there's a political context. It's 1840s. However, the way he told that story about uh, middle class people that didn't care about their politics and what was happening was describing the new... Uh, Les Halles, is that the name of the big market in, in Paris? And it had just been built. It was very exciting for all the Parisians because all this fresh food was coming in, fresh vegetables, fresh fruits, lots of butchers opening their shops and everybody having to compete. So the specialty butchers and the special way they cured their hams as opposed to the folks next door. It, it was like reading about, oh, Seattle in the, in the aughts. He spent all this time describing the way food made it into Paris, made it out, how popular the whole food eating culture was. This is a novel? Wow, yeah. cool. Yeah. It, was very, it was very cool and apparently a, a part of a trilogy of books about Paris and that era and food plays a central role in the other two, but I don't know it as well. So that was my introduction to Emile Zola and the, and the foods of Paris in the 1840s. What did you read? I read Brian Burroughs' new book. Now, Brian Burroughs um, is the, um, writes a, a lot for Vanity Fair and many books about, um, he did a book about finance, and he did a book called Public Enemies and the, and the Big Rich. Um, and this is a book called Days of Rage, America's Radical Underground, the FBI, and the Forgotten Age of Revolutionary Violence. Now, this is a period that I lived through. This is the 70s. <laughs> this is the 70s, and there is um, a ton of stuff in this book, um, going through every radical group, beginning with SDS and the, the underground, weather underground, um, the townhouse bombing in uh, Greenwich Village that really was the beginning of the end for the un weather un underground. Um, also, the Black Liberation Army uh, targeting policemen, um, as did SDL, as did the Weather Underground. Um, 
let's see, the Black Liberation Army, the Symbionese Liberation Army, and the one that we know probably the least about has never has gotten the publicity that the others did was um, the, the FALN, the Puerto Rican um, terrorist group. And, uh, you know, when you read this, it's, it's one shooting and one bombing after another. It's, you think you know things, and then you, you know, look back 40 years later, and maybe you didn't know quite as much as you thought you did. A lot of the people, maybe their, maybe their goals were noble. It doesn't sound to me like their goals were noble after reading this book. And that's, I, I don't know whether that's sort of age-related and you get more and more uh, reactionary they, or not. They had an easier time justifying the violence that they were perpetrating? They had a very easy time justifying the violence that they were perpetrating. And, and, and you don't get a lot of... Um, you know, rending of garments and weeping about what was done, uh, which is very, I mean, very interesting. And, you know, uh, they, there was a lot of things to protest against. That's the thing. There was a lot to protest against. Um, but I don't know. I sort of, I'm, I, after reading this, I'm questioning the, what the mes- methods that they chose. What do you just finished, Bill? Um, I just finished uh, The Buried Giant by Akazo Ishikura. I wasn't going to read it because it looked too weird, because it's about medieval times, and it's about myth and a lot of other things. But I thought, well, I've read The Remains of the Day, and I like that, and I liked his approach, and I liked his comments about memory and denial, and all of his books have that in it. And I thought, well, how is he going to pull this off. It's really about the Middle Ages and it has a lot in it about um, myth and it also, it's just set about after Arthur's time and the Saxons were moving across England and so it's about immigration to some extent. It's about uh, is it better to remember things or is it better to forget them? And I was watching Charlie Rose the other night, late at night, you know, and uh, he was on. And he said, well, uh, Charlie asked him, well, what is this really about? And he says, well, you know, after the war in France, uh, de Gaulle was considered quite the genius because he said, well, what if we just forgot that everybody was, you know, not in the resistance? Because if we don't, it, it'll be in, we'll just be torn apart. And he's, in some respects, you can say that's correct. That whole question of memory and what we do with memory. I mean, I remember there's a, a wonderful book called Allegra Maud Goldman. It's told from the point of view of a nine-year-old girl. And, and she says, um, I have a terrible memory. I remember everything. And, and I think that that's the kind of thing. But here's something. I, was, I loved the remains of the day. And I was very happy to see, finally, after 14 years, there's a new Ishiguru out. And I started reading it. And I was so put off by the fact that every time the husband speaks to the wife, I, he calls her princess. Every single time. I mean, that's, that just should have been edited out at once or twice. You know, and I mean, I think that's the kind of thing that happens to us when we read, you know, that we can either get by that, something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, it just made me like, stop with I the princess. Laura Corvey, I just finished The, the Imperfectionist. And um, I, in fact, I finished it this morning because I knew I was coming here. <laughs> I, I thought it was a really good book. And, and um, 
It's about it's about a, a newspaper, an independent newspaper that started in Rome, and all the characters that are involved in it. And um, I thought it was interesting. It's written by a journalist who, after writing this, said that he, he surprised himself to find out that he liked writing about journalism more than doing journalism. Who wrote that? Um, Tom Rockman. Uh, both my husband and I uh, read recently is was Dave Eggers. Um, oh, the. Uh, oh. Um, the Circle. Has everybody, anybody read The Circle? I haven't read it. I like Dave Eggers, though. Yes. Well, I hadn't read Dave Eggers before, but this book took both of us for a big ride, and it was, uh, um, it was a ride into an area that we feel like we're sort of on the edge of all the time these days with social media and uh, privacy problems with the internet and and if you haven't read it just as a uh, conversation point to bring up it's pretty fascinating because it it shows what happens when you take the lack of privacy and the interest in every, what everybody else is doing to the point of uh, you know just almost terror and tragedy it's it's pretty fascinating and uh another one recently was i like the jacqueline uh winspear series of the maggie dobbs but i happened to pick up one it was called the care and management of lies and that was an entirely different take and it's uh it's not a you know no longer sort of a cozy mystery but it it's it's really a very serious look at how people can be drawn into uh, uh, causes and wars and not have any idea how it just strips people's lives of all their humanity and all their uh, all the things that they hold dear and I thought it was actually very well done not for everybody because it is pretty depressing but uh, quite nicely written so sort of takes us back to Nancy's book I was thinking also you know that uh, that book that uh, that she mentioned it the circle there's a it'd be a nice pairing with the uh, the book that came out about I can't remember who wrote it it's a brand new book so you've been shamed the, uh, yeah. you know who that you yeah. know that book uh-huh. John Ronson's yeah. so you've been shamed about um, public shaming and and uh, the delight that some people take in that kind of public shaming and what it's like to be publicly shamed. And, I mean, that all fits in with Monica Lewinsky's coming out and doing that TED Talk um, about her experience, which has gotten a lot of, um, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, Internet um, interest. Wow. So, Judy, what's your book? What did you just finish? Ivan Doig's Winter Brothers. Um, He finds the diary of a man who came west from Boston uh, to the um, Neo Bay area, say about 1850-something. He found his diary, so he went back and visited the sites. And the book alternates between passages from the diary and Doig's experience in in the sites, and then he takes off from there. Uh, He's a transplant, as you know, from Montana to the Pacific Northwest, and this is really a love letter to the Pacific Northwest. Great. Jennifer, what did you just finish? All the light we cannot see. Anthony, is it Dorr? D-O-E-Dorr? 
Um, and didn't it win something today? Pulitzer. Yeah, it's one of those ones where it seems like everybody loves it, and it seems like it's excellent quality. Um, it's set in the time of um, Nazi-occupied Paris, and it's intertwining stories. A young girl who's been blind and lives with her father in the Museum of Natural History, and a young boy who was an orphan um, and is recruited by the Hitler Youth, and their two stories intertwine. I haven't hit my 50 pages yet that Nancy says I need to get into. Yeah, I know. I hear a but um, in your description there. My, that's what I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm just, just still kind of waiting, so I thought I would bring this one since it seems one that I should put more than 30 pages into as I've got so far. You know, Jennifer, what I would say is put it down, put it down for now and wait until, wait, you know, six months and, or a year and see where you are in your head right, right then and try it again. Because I think with, I think, um, you, I mean, it has won now two or three, it's going to, I predict, win a third major award um, from uh, shortly, I think. But uh, um, I think you have to be in a particular mood to appreciate it. What kind of a mood? I think with a book like that, you have to be in a space of patience. And I don't think you can have a lot of stuff going on around you because I think it's a book that demands a lot of time and attention. And that is not a negative. I'm not criticizing at all the book. Um, but I think there are wonderful books like that, and I think many of the award winners, they can't be dashed through. And, and people have so much going on in their lives so much that it's very hard to like, find the kind of emotional space to do it. See, I remember you saying that about books in the past when I said I, there, those are certain, there are certain books I didn't want to read when I went on my vacation and sat on the beach. And I think that might be one of those books, even though I see it's that was when I would have the time. I don't think that's where I'd like my brain to be when I'm sitting on a beach in Hawaii. I think we don't think about the relationship between readers and books enough and how much where we are in our lives influences what we like or, or why, we're, why we're able to read with great enjoyment a book or better still, why we're not able to read with great enjoyment a book that under different circumstances we would absolutely love. Because Jennifer, I think that's the kind of book that you would love. It is your kind of book from what we've gathered over the, you know, the weeks that we've been doing this podcast. I just want to say Ivan Doig was a real inspiration as, an, as a person to meet, as an author. He was always, he was always kind, he was always excited. And, I, you know, I think his stories were a delight. Doig is a person who lived in Seattle and was a writer in Seattle. He was just a really important and impressive person. Last time I interviewed him was just before I was leaving KOW. I told him I was leaving to write and wanted to write, and he said, well, sit down. This is what you need to do. And then he listed five really specific things for me to do to edit my own work and to craft the sentences. And I just thought that was such a generous thing to do. I, I was gonna say, he, he, you can tell how generous he is. They're generous books that he's writing. They're very generous of, of the place. I mean, of, of the giving of the place and the giving of the people. Yeah, yeah. he is an important, a wonderful, a wonderful, um, Thing for Seattle to have been able to claim him as one of one of our writers. All right, a lot of books to read. Thank you all. That was very good. Thank you. Thank you.
I put a list of the books we talked about in this episode up at our website, thatstackofbooks.com. Check it out. You know you can follow us on Facebook, That Stack of Books with Nancy Pearl and Steve Share, On Twitter, at That Stack. And at our website, thatstackofbooks.com, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can listen on Stitcher. If you do subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, why don't you write a review for us? Tell us what you think of the show. That helps us get some more listeners, and you can voice your opinion. Also, send us emails, thatstackofbooks at gmail.com. We'd like to hear what you think about what we're talking about and what books you're reading. We'll be back at the Bryant Corner Cafe May 5th. Around 3.15 is when we start recording. It's at 32nd and 65th in the Ravenna Bryant neighborhood of Seattle. Why don't you drop on by? Tell us about the books you're reading and join in the conversation. Thanks a lot.